the new entrant to the Guinness Book of World Records that's going to happen this year is actually her son. Her son is two years old. He just became the youngest person in the world to visit every continent. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, so, so as we speak, they're in Antarctica. Duo fans, before we get into tonight's episode, we had a couple more voicemails come in. Sam, are you excited to hear from some more listeners? I'm always excited to hear from some more listeners. All right. Well, we got two more voicemails to play in honor of our 300th episode. So let's dive right in. Hi, Sam and Brian. Um, I really had fun listening to your latest episode and hearing all the voices of your supporters. Congratulations on 300 episodes. I'm so happy that I found your podcast. I just love the variety of guest information and the quality of the recording is excellent. And I am looking forward to cruising soon. We've only cruised once and it's been many years. And so I was just browsing um cruises and cruise podcasts and i'm so happy i found yours we are hoping to get back on a boat this year possibly thanksgiving but um your podcast has been super helpful in helping me research and i am just happy for you guys and your 300 episodes in the book and all of that so thank you Well, thank you so much, anonymous listener. You didn't leave your name, but we are so thankful for your feedback. We're so happy you found us and we hope you have an amazing cruise. We will be on a cruise over Thanksgiving. So uh, let us know which one you'll be on because we'll be on the magic out of San Diego. Yeah. Thanks so much for calling in. So glad you found us too. And uh, glad that we are being helpful in your own family's planning for your upcoming cruise, no matter what ship you're on. If you're if you're on with us, definitely let us know. But no matter which ship you're on, I think you'll have an amazing, amazing time. Uh, and if you want to come on and tell us all about it, you know, Sam loves talking to you're not a first time cruiser. We'll, we'll give it you the moniker, though, because uh, it sounds like you haven't cruised in a while. So let us know. Reach out. We love having cruisers on who haven't cruised for a while and first time cruisers especially. So let us know. All right, Sam, this last voicemail comes from from very special friends. You want to venture a guess? You want to guess who called in and left us a message? Special friends? Yes, from the creator community. I'm going to give you a hint. They're a brother and a sister who we adore. Oh, it must be the Dillos from the Dillos Diz podcast. Let's find out. Hey, it's Jen of Dillos Diz. Or should I say Hello. I am calling on behalf of Frank and I, since we will be in the same place at the same time within the next week or two. So I'm going solo on this one, but we just want to wish you all the best for your upcoming season and congratulations on 300 shows. That is amazing. We have loved getting to know you over the last couple of years. We love all of your DCL knowledge. We're trying to catch up to you guys with the DCL cruises. I, I don't think we will do it, but you know, it's a great goal, I think. But we wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much for everything you do for the Disney community. Thank you so much for being friends of ours. And we will see you real soon. Life goals, Jen. Life goals. I think it's an admirable goal to try to catch up to us because we're trying to catch up to you and all of your fabulous park trips. And my God, I think you were just at 80s con or 90s con. You two always look like you're having such an amazing time out there. 
Love you guys. Love all the content you put out. Thank you so much for your message. And next time you and Frank sail, we got to have you on. And I think we might have to invite on Mama and Papa Dillo if we can. So yeah. Oh my God. I would totally love to have Mama and Papa Dillo on our show. Jen, Frank, reach out. Let's make this happen. But thanks so much for the well wishes. We really appreciate it. We love coming on your show. We love having you on our show. Let's get another recording set up soon. All right. With that, we will head into our main show. Just a reminder, if you want to be featured up front in our show, we love to feature our listeners. Head over to our voicemail line. It is 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Leave us a message and uh, we will listen to it and uh, we may put it up in the front of the show. So with that, we've got a very special show lined up and let's get right to it. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by my path, Unwinding Travel, and Sam, ensconced once again in your green room, popcorn buckets galore. But you know what? This is a special episode. Very, very special episode. Yeah, this is a celebration episode. This is episode number 300 of the DCL Duo Podcast. We started this little show back in March of 2020. So we are embarking on season four of our podcast, and this is episode 300. And we wanted to give the honor of being our 300th episode guest to a very special guest, someone who we met early on in this podcast endeavor and whose newest book we will actually be featured in. So we want to welcome to the show, Paul Thornton. Hello, good to see you guys. And I am excited uh, and honored uh, to be chosen uh, as your guest on your uh, 300th episode. Congratulations. Thanks, Thanks so much, Paul. Paul. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's exciting for us. Uh, we recorded our episode 298 the other day to intro season four, and Sam was aghast that we had made it into a fourth season of this show. And so <laughs> here we here we are. But I'm excited to have you on, Paul, because as Sam said, you were one of our early guests. And after reading your first book, The Joy of Cruising, we sourced several guests through your book who had such interesting stories to tell that we thought would be fun for our audience. And now you've got book number two out, Cruising Interrupted, which also just a great, great book. And we're here today to talk about book number three in the trilogy uh, of telling great cruising stories, which is The Joy of Cruising Again. And so what a great kind of three-act trilogy here that we're so excited to be a part of. And uh, we want to talk to you about the book today and some other things you got going on. So why don't we start with the book, Paul? How was it writing the third installment? You've you've said, I think, a couple of times that this is kind of the last book in the series. I will say I'll see it when I believe it because I know how much you love telling cruising stories. <laughs> so I'll see it when I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, how was it approaching a book from the standpoint that like this was the third one? This was the third act and maybe the final act in the, the series of books? Well, writing this third book was very fulfilling for me because I'll be honest, after Cruising Interrupted came out, at a time when cruising was at a standstill. I guess I read too many of those articles uh, taking the cruising industry to task because I I was worried cruising was not going to come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when it did come back, uh, you know, I felt a celebration was in order. And so this book is a celebration of of the rebirth of the cruising industry. Tell us what are the, the topics and types of things you're trying to highlight in the third installment of the Joy of Cruising series? Really, it's it's very similar to the first two, uh, which, as you know, is a compilation of stories 
about cruising personalities, cruisers with a story to tell, cruisers that I found fascinating. So book three is pretty much uh, more of the same. I've got some incredible new guests, maybe one or two repeat guests, uh, but it's it's the same style as the first two. Of course, in the first uh, couple of chapters, you know, I, I, I was just kind of, as I said, celebrating the fact that cruising had returned. Uh, in fact, I, I quoted a, a bunch of people in the first chapter who were on the very first cruises after the lockdown ended. But after the first uh, chapter or two, I then got into what I normally do, which is just profile people that I found to be very interesting uh, and that I hope the readers find to be likewise very interesting. I'd love to know who were the repeat guests who made it in for the second time the joy of cruising again. Yeah, actually, I think the only repeat is is someone who has essentially a, a, a new life. So, so you all know uh, Emma of Emma Cruises. So she was in the first book, and uh, the the name of her uh, chapter or feature was uh, "Cruising Isn't Just for Old People," because that's the, her blog uh, when yep. she was 23 years old that surprisingly won the UK's Wave Award. Uh, for the best cruise blogger. Uh, you may know that Emma has kind of gone through a transformation because she no longer is just this 23-year-old blogging uh, part-time. She's now a full-time blogger. Her sole business is her cruise business. You know, I think that just as a small business story, that's that's a story in and of itself. So I talked to her about, you know, the transition from part-timer to full-timer. And I also recognize, you know, Emma's the answer to a trivia question. She didn't know it <laughs> until I interviewed her, but she is, she is the very first cruise personality who agreed to be profiled in the joy of cruising five years ago. Oh, so, wow. You know, when I when I wrote that book, I was just some guy on the internet reaching out to people, you know, cold calling. And yeah. I got plenty of uh, phones uh, hung up on me or, or, or <laughs> emails not answered, however you want to say it. <laughs> but Emma was the first person who said yes. And so I, I made sure to uh, highlight that in the new book. Oh, that's awesome. We love Emma. She has been kind of a background supporter of our show for a while. And uh, we just love her and her personality and all the stuff that she puts out on YouTube and on Facebook and, and social media. She's just a really, really fun personality uh, in the cruising community. Despite the fact that she's not actually a fan of Disney Cruise Line, <laughs> which we think is quite funny. Although she did put out there that she might try it again. She might give it one more I go. Know, cause cause I know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because we I'm told not sure her a those, couple of things she did wrong on their first one. <laughs> I'm not sure those UK staycation cruises were the best representation of Disney Cruise Line. So, yeah, yeah I think... Right. I think she should give it a go. And I think she should, uh, Emma, if you're listening, give it a go and, and take a, a niece or someone with you. And uh, once you see their eyes light up on board, Disney knows exactly uh, how to get parents to spend more money. It's their kids, just expressions of joy. So, yeah. Paul, I'm interested in a, a different time. Before we dive into like the book itself, I had one more question for you, kind of along the lines of uh, sourcing your your guests or your, your the cruisers you're showcasing. Who's the one that got away? Who's the one that across three books, you still would love to talk to them? about their cruising life. Probably the biggest name, and I'm not surprised that, you know, I couldn't I couldn't reach her even though I tried for three books. Probably the biggest name is Captain Kate. 
Yeah. Of, of the yeah. of Celebrity Beyond. I thought there was a shot at 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 Captain Kate because I went on Celebrity Beyond, uh, a mm-hmm. Mediterranean cruise for my uh, our 30th anniversary, and that was her ship. But it turns mm-hmm. out the one that we went on in October, she was on on leave. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you so you ended up meeting a different captain and yeah. yeah. So so that was kind of the biggest name that got away. Although I will be honest with you, I never really expected her to to respond to me. I mean, I'm sure she gets a zillion podcasters and and writers and bloggers trying to get her to 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 give them some play. So yeah, no, yeah, for sure. she is for one sure. of those folks in the industry who's obviously very recognizable and is you know she's a celebrity in mm-hmm. not just in this world of celebrity cruises but in the world of cruising in general so there's a couple more but here's the thing after i finished the last book which is being printed right now as you know i started a podcast called the joy of cruising podcast you know in my podcast description i i mention it as uh, i say something like weekly conversations with people I have featured in the cruising books. But then I gave myself some room because I said, also, you know, we couldn't get our schedule to mesh or, or, you know, I didn't want to say people who hung the phone up on me. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I fully expect to get some of the people who, who I miss for whatever reason to, to get them to come on the podcast. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to try. There's only so many pages that you can have in a book, right? And, you know, depending upon how long you intend to do the podcast for, you're going to, you know, you're going to want to source additional guests, uh, not just the ones who ended up being in the book. Yeah. I featured approximately in between the three books, approximately 75 cruise personalities, just to use a a phrase. I might get maybe 50 of them on the podcast. So I'm going to have to come up with some some additional (laughs) content. Well, I'm going to put the call out right now in our community, at least, that uh, if anyone out there has any connection into Captain Kate, let's get her on Paul's podcast because... I think it would be such an interesting story to hear. We have zero chance of having her on, Paul. I think you actually have a compelling platform for her to tell her story. So I would <laughs> I would love to listen to that story. And so I say hashtag Kate McHugh on Joy of Cruising podcast. Like that's what we're that's yeah. what we're going for. So if you have any ends, let us know. We will funnel <laughs> them to Paul. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get her on his show. We appreciate that. <laughs> In terms of the book itself, Paul, I know that you had kind of your fan moment. I think because you got to interview. At least one person, I think two, maybe, that were sort of personal celebrities for you or celebrities in their own right, but people that you'd really wanted to talk to. I'm trying to remember the name of the person now, but I think you were, I think you were posting about Manny Kello the other day, who I, I seem to recall we've talked before that you were like super excited to have him in the book. But like, what are some of those folks in the book that are your personal, like, I've always wanted to talk to these people and you finally got a chance to? Actually, there's a section and this is new to the book. I didn't have this section. Most of the sections in the book are carryovers from previous books. Uh, but I had a, I have a new section. I'm really excited about called Ship Life. And so it features uh, uh, four people who currently work on ships or have worked on ships in the past. And one of the folks in that section is a captain. Now, he's not an, he's not an active captain. He retired in 2018. But, but in the previous two books, I've tried hard to get captains. I got very close, I think, on two uh, two gentlemen. I don't have anything to prove this, but I kind of believe their their cruise line kind of stepped on it. I'll be honest; I I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I yep. I do think current employees 
it is really hard depending upon their level, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if they're a really low level employee, you might be able to get somebody and they're willing to come on and they probably don't even clear it with the cruise line. But a captain is going to try and clear that with their employer. Likely that gets squashed. Yeah. But yeah, I finally landed a captain, uh, uh, Captain Boz. He he retired from a uh, how uh, mm-hmm. after I guess he had been a captain for like 30 something years. And it was great interviewing him. When I first uh, made contact with him, you know, he kept saying, I'm boring. (laughs) Well, he turned out to be a great guest. First of all, you know, he was very forthcoming. Of course, being retired helps. (laughs) But, but, But it turns out, uh, he doesn't live that far from me. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He's one of the few features where I interviewed them in person. Oh, that's fantastic. I, mean, I interviewed him on the phone a couple of times, but but then we met for lunch a couple of times and it was it was great. In fact, I couldn't, I was having trouble getting a photo of him from Howe in uniform. And he offered to put on his uniform and, and let me take a picture of him. I mean, that's how close he lives to, to, to where I live. But it turns out I eventually got something from Howe uh, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't need him to do that. But, but I thought that was funny. But yeah, he, he has a great story. He was beloved by the Howe community. He's kind of a specialist in Alaska. In fact, he's nicknamed Captain Alaska. And so that helped to push me over the hump. Uh, I had Alaska on my bucket list for quite some time, uh, and he went a long way to getting me to go ahead and and, and book it. So yeah. and, and so yeah. we're going to Alaska in a few weeks, actually. But you're not going on Holland. You're going on Norwegian. Is that right? That's yeah. That's correct because <laughs> because Norwegian is now. I don't know if other cruise lines have this, but they had this. This special cruise, so it was special to me because it was an opportunity to check off two destinations that I have on my bucket list in one. Mm-hmm. Norwegian had a cruise that uh, starts in Hawaii, does mm-hmm. all the Hawaiian islands, uh, and then it goes up to Alaska and does all of the, the typical Alaska stops. So Norwegian didn't have a lot of competition. I, I, I yeah. jumped on that one. I don't know that most cruise lines have that combination together. You can do it sometimes on a back-to-back or back-to-back-to-back, right, mm-hmm. um, on some of the other cruise lines. But yeah, that's an amazing itinerary. That's going to be an epic trip. My goodness. Is that for this summer? That's for like in three weeks. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, my yep. goodness. Yep, yep. And, and I got that idea uh, from another person who uh, is going to be in the book. And this is this is someone who, you know, you might consider as a guest for your show. Her, her name is Professor Cruz. Oh, yes. She bills herself or well, her website bills her as the funniest uh, cruise blogger on the Internet. <laughs> and she's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> is it true? Is she the funniest, though? <laughs> she, she's, 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 she's up there. She's up and, there. Uh, All right. And my interviews, you know, as you know, because when I interviewed you, most most times the interview, I knock it out maybe in, in one or two interviews. Mm-hmm. In her case, it went over the course of about three months, several calls, because literally every time, you know, I wanted to schedule her, she was in Alaska. Oh, wow. She actually lives in Seattle. She moved to Seattle because of her love for Alaska. She can see the cruise here from her apartment. Oh, yeah. But then one, one time I called her and, 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 and said, so, you know, where, where you been now? Where, where, where'd you just go? And she told me about this Alaska-Hawaii cruise. And I was oh, I was just spellbound. And uh, so I put it on my bucket list, uh, you know, for maybe a couple of years from now. Then one day, uh, we were actually, my wife and I were flying back 
from our last cruise. And, you know, I was talking about, so what do we want to do next? And my wife said, you know, let's do a land vacation. Let's do something different than cruising. You know, if we're mm-hmm. going to cruise. Let's do something special. Uh, I wouldn't mind cruising to Alaska. And mm-hmm. my eyes lit up because, like I said, <laughs> I, I already had this cruise on my bucket list. When she said that, well, make a long story short, we're going to Hawaii and Alaska. That's amazing. Amazing. Uh, amazing. That's such a great... That's a great cruise. That's funny. Uh, well, yeah, we should reach out to Professor Cruz. Um, she certainly lives uh, not too far from from where we are in the Seattle area. And I I can guess pretty much where she lives based on the fact that you said she can see the cruise port from uh, from her apartment. So there's only two places really that that could be. So. <laughs> and her husband is an attorney in Seattle. Oh, fantastic. Oh. I wonder if we know him. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, possible. It's definitely possible. Certainly. Paul, I'm curious. Uh, let's talk about you cruising for a second since uh, cruising has restarted. So like, how many sailings have you been on since cruising started back up? So let's see. My first cruise back was uh, Symphony of the Seas. It was my first cruise after the restart. I wanted to, to, to do something on a ship that met the moment. So at the time I booked it, it was the biggest ship in the world. Uh, by the time uh, we embarked, it was the second largest ship in the world because <laughs> Royal Caribbean had launched uh, uh, Wonder of the Seas. So that was my first cruise back. And then I took my uh, my granddaughter on Carnival's Mardi Gras because they had the roller coaster. And I just oh, yeah. wanted, <laughs> I mean, that's not the only reason I chose Mardi Gras, <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to do the, the, the roller coaster with my granddaughter. Then I, I started a series of what I call bucket list cruises. You know, Mediterranean yeah. was a bucket list cruise. So in October of uh, last year, we, we, we went to the, to the Med on uh, uh, Celebrity Beyond. Uh, that was a gorgeous, gorgeous ship. And, and, and then I, ha- I had another bucket list cruise. Um, I've always wanted to go on the smooth jazz cruise. I'm a, I'm a jazz fan, especially smooth yeah. jazz. You know, theme cruises are about twice the price of a traditional cruise because you get, you know, you get so much. I mean, the performers on that cruise ship were, was a who's who of contemporary jazz. So we went on that. Uh, that that was a bucket list cruise. We went on that in uh, January. And then my next cruise, obviously, is a bucket list cruise. That's the one to Hawaii and uh, Alaska. Uh, and then I'm going to finish off the year, which really the way the all of the, the books started. It was a family cruise uh, back in 2018 on Anthem of the Seas. Mm-hmm. And it was in researching that cruise that I came up with this idea. You know, I found that that cruisers and cruise personalities were some very interesting people. And so yeah. that gave me the idea yeah. uh, to write the books. Christmas of this year, I'm doing another family cruise. So I don't know if you want to call that a bucket list cruise, but you know, at this point, every cruise is a bucket list. And that, that kind of, you know, I guess if you look at that uh, glass half empty, that says I'm getting old. <laughs> 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 because I, I have to get all of these bucket list cruises out the way. But, uh, the way. I always love hearing about your cruising experience because one, you obviously have such a love for cruising as a form of vacation and a form of being with your family and all of that. I also love hearing about your stories because you are not loyal to a particular brand. Now, that's not to say that you don't cruise a lot on Royal. I think Royal is the one you've cruised the most on, if I'm not 
incorrect, but I I love that you, you know, you've got you sailed on Royal recently, you sailed on Celebrity recently, you're about to sail on Norwegian, you're going to, you know, then you sailed on Carnival recently. You just, you know, you're you're willing to get on a lot of different brands and experience a lot of different things and I think that's wonderful because it gives you this broad base of knowledge of, you know, what the industry has to offer and what different mm-hmm. ships have to offer, for example. And my Christmas cruise is on a, a line I've never been on. That's MSC. Oh, fantastic. So MSC, it gets, it's weird. It gets a wide range of reactions. So like Emma, for instance, loves MSC. Right. You know, there are some folks who've been on MSC that, that hate yeah. MSC. So it's it, it has some customer service challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that moving into the U.S., I'm not so sure their, their, their services and systems are, are up to where they need to be. I look at them as a work in progress and maybe by Christmas time, they'll have all of the wrinkles uh, ironed out. Yeah, you're right. There is a difference in uh, expectations of European cruisers and American cruisers. And so that can, that they're going to have to make an adjustment if they want to do well in the American market. They're going to have mm-hmm. to sort of up their, uh, up their level of service a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul, I'm curious as you've uh, returned to cruising now. Were those first few cruises a little uh, a little nerve wracking for you, or uh, did you just get on and were full of joy, or both? Full of joy, not not real nerve wracking. A lot of the folks that I talked to about their first cruise after the lockdown had a similar reaction to to mine. More than a few, uh, male and female, uh, mentioned that their their eyes watered over. You know, they were they were back where they were supposed to be. They were home. They had really missed cruising, and so it was very similar to me. I, I when I walked on the uh, Symphony of the Seas, I had been on its its sister ship, uh, Harmony of the Seas, which is essentially exactly the same. But when I walked on Symphony of the Seas, I was just I don't want to say that I, I that tears came to my well, I'll say it. My eyes watered as well. <laughs> it was just I was where I was supposed to be. I'll confess that when I stepped on the Disney ship for the first time with our son and they do the announcing your family and clapping when you walk into the atrium. I was choking back tears, but I was really choking back tears hard one night at dinner because uh, because the crowds were so low in the beginning and they were keeping the capacity so low. They did some special things at dinner and they had, we had one night that we ate in Enchanted Garden because I think we were on the Disney Dream for one of the first sailings back. And uh, they had a character cavalcade come through, like all the characters kind of walking through the restaurant. And that part of it wasn't emotional for me, but what was emotional for me was my son lit up. I have this video of him just going yep. crazy with clapping and smiling. And I was just like, oh, I was ready to just bawl right, right there because he was just so happy. <laughs> And that was when they wouldn't get even within a few feet of you. I mean, it was just they were just coming in and doing like a dance around and waving. Right. There was no stop for a picture. There was no hugs. It was even just that, even just being back in the dining room and having the characters come. was. It felt like it had been so long since I'd seen him smile that big and just be, Mm -hmm. you know, just forget all of the troubles, you know, for a few minutes and just experience that joy. So, yeah, I I will confess that I am amongst those people that was pretty emotional when we first got back on the (laughs) ship for sure. My biggest concern when 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 we got COVID after a cruise was that, uh oh, my wife is going to say no more cruising. Right. Uh, you know, she, she's not a cruise fanatic like I am. Right. Uh, she enjoys all the cruises we go on, but I was just afraid she was going to say, nope, not getting back on a cruise ship. But never, never, never came out of her mouth. 
By the way, uh, you mentioned you mentioned uh, uh, Nathan and a few minutes ago. And I want to go back to that. First of all, tell him I said hi oh, and tell did. him he is quoted in the new book. Okay. <laughs> he's going to be very excited to hear that. See, he's a famous cruise personality now. I feel like yeah. maybe maybe yeah. he should be a guest on your podcast instead he, of us, Paul. <laughs> he's quoted along with Grammy winners and, yeah. and Gwyneth's, Gwyneth's Book of World Record uh, entrance and, and so on and so forth. Well, of course, right. The guy who runs the marathons on the cruise ship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Paul, I forgot to ask back when we were talking about the book. I'd love to let folks know, like, when uh, when do when can folks put their hands on it or, or pre-order it? Do you know at this point? I think the ebook, which which comes out first, I think the ebook will be as available. My guess is early April. Oh, fantastic! And that will be available from my uh, publisher as well as from Amazon, uh, and then shortly thereafter. The paperback will be available. So I, I would guess the paperback will be available uh, mid to late April. That will only be available initially from my publisher because mm-hmm. uh, Amazon, which I know most people order their books from Amazon, and I understand that, but Amazon does this uh, this uh, goofy uh, pre-order period. And so it'll be available for pre-order, which you know that's Amazon's way of gauging demand, I guess. I don't think it'll be available to order from Amazon till around maybe June 1st. I'm, I'm guessing. Okay. I hope I'm wrong, but it, you know, it will be available to order, like I said, in paperback, but just not from Amazon yet. And I know that my, uh, my, my publisher's bookstore is higher than Amazon and they don't have free shipping. So, you know, your prime, uh, you know, they can't compete with the prime uh, benefit, Amazon prime benefit. So what I have, uh, uh, decided to do give a uh, a coupon code to listeners or read you know uh, potential readers I should say uh, where they can order it from my publisher and it'll knock something off the price to make it pretty competitive with with Amazon. Awesome. So we don't have to wait for Amazon. We can get it. No, th- we'll there's get it no earlier. reason. There's no reason to wait. But I know some people are just you know if you can't get it on Amazon, I, I don't <laughs> want to hear anything about it. So, but I, like I said, I, I understand. Yeah. You know what we'll do, Paul, is we will get those details from you and uh, put them in the show notes for the show. So anyone out there interested in uh, getting Paul's book early, like we are, we are definitely we will order it from the publisher. Uh, we'll put those details in the show notes. You can go after the show and find those links and uh, click through and uh, get a copy of Paul's book. Yep. But again, those those Amazon buyers who are interested in ebooks, they will be able to get the ebook pretty soon. Like like I said, I'm I'm hoping, wishful thinking, is April first. My birthday is April second, so that'd be a nice birthday present. Oh, but uh, nice. sometime sometime in early April. Fantastic, nice. fantastic, nice. Well, Paul, I'd love to know uh, a little bit more about the podcast. Uh, you know, you've got a great show going. I think you're what seven episodes, eight episodes in now. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Tell our listeners uh, where they can find the podcast and just a little bit more about what you're covering. I know you mentioned it earlier in the show, but yeah, like what? Where can folks find it, and what should they expect? So the uh, the website is uh, www.thejoyofcruisingpodcast.com. So far, all but one of the guests are people that I've written about. The one guest who, who that I've had who I, I didn't write about in the books, but I wrote about theme cruising in. A lot of detail in in all three books. So he was, as I said, one of the performers on the recent uh, Smooth Jazz Cruise. And then I've got a, a a guy coming up in a week or so. He wasn't in the book, but he's a stand up comedian, 
And so I've written a fair amount about performing on theme cruises. And Mm -hmm. so I got him to come on. I'm having a lot of fun uh, with it. And I'm pretty excited. Sometimes I say to myself is because I'm getting decent numbers. uh, And I say to myself, you know, is this going to peter out? Because I I think I'm on to something. So like I said, (laughs) I I have a new passion. You know, I I still have a lot of work to do. You know, I know that uh, I have a lot of rough edges. When I edit after an interview, 90% of the editing is taking out ums and ahs from me. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I never take out ums and ahs from from the interviewees, but I take out plenty from me. Uh, yeah. So I'll I'll get better. Uh, and like I said, you know my my goal is to be like you. So I remember when <laughs> when when I interviewed you, you started on you started on an iPhone. Now you are you know you're you're big time uh, podcasters, and and so you know I hope in a few years I'm where you are now. I have no doubt you will get there, Paul, if you just stick with it. Uh, You're a gifted, gifted storyteller. And the episodes I've listened to of your show so far have been so fun. It's like the book come alive, which is just so much fun uh, to listen to. So I have no doubt you will get there. Yes. And and I feel like when you listen to our old shows and then you listen to our (laughs) shows now, I mean, we've gotten a lot better over time. Now, Brian has always edited our show. And so he's always made us sound better than we sound in real life. No, no doubt about that. But Mm -hmm. I I do think we've gotten better with, you know, our just our pacing, our questions, our conversation. You know, it's just over time, we get better and better at it. And you have, you know, tons of experience storytelling that we didn't have. So I think you are you are set up for success far ahead of where we were set up for. So I, I think you're going to continue to do a great job with that, Paul. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Any exciting guests uh, coming up? I mean, I know you're trying to tackle some of the folks kind of in order or in relation to the books and where they appeared and that sort of thing. But, you know, I mean, besides us, of course, any, any exciting guests <laughs> coming up for the show? And along those lines, you know, uh, DCL Duo is coming on soon. Which, what's your date? I don't have my... Uh... I think it, it's in... I know it's at some point in April, but I don't remember exactly when. Yeah, I was trying, I was trying to time your episode... Uh, and, and some other episodes to be a, a, around the time the book hits the street. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But in terms of uh, of, of guests coming up, oh, I've got, I, I mean, I, I've, you know, people are telling me that, you know, they would be on and I'm saying to them, well, it's not going to be until, you know, August or September. I mean, that's right. how much, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got lined up. But so, yeah, some people I'm really... Uh, uh, proud that they're go, going to be on the that that, that captain I mentioned. I, I'm going to have him on. He, you know, as, as soon as I told him about it, he first thing out of his mouth is, "Well, I'm boring." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's going to be that's going to be a good episode. Uh, you know, uh, Mr. Scott Eddy, who is probably the number one travel influencer in the world, mm-hmm. uh, or at least he's up there. Uh, he's going to be on the show. Uh, Ask Chef Dennis. I think I wrote about him in, in the second book, Cruising Interrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy that started out as a, uh, as a, a chef, an executive chef. Uh, and then he kind of accidentally became a, uh, a travel blogger, you know, writing about like hotels in Florida, that kind of travel blogging. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he became a cruise blogger and he's been on unbelievable cruises and, and unbelievable vessels all over the world. And so he's going to be on uh, in uh, in July. So yeah, I have, I have some great guests lined up. That's awesome. 
Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode i will say one of my favorite episodes so far is the first one you did uh i really enjoyed listening to um uh why am i blanking on her name from cruise tips tv i, I just really enjoyed her story oh, sherry, yeah sherry, sherry yeah. I, I i enjoyed her story especially like when she said that uh she had to overcome this sort of you know real fear like she's an introvert and she had to overcome this fear of being in front of a camera and get over it and it was just interesting to hear her story as a creator uh not just oh, yeah, a cruising that, story I, I call her the library nerd <laughs> <laughs> when, 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 when all of her friends were out playing on the playground she she was in the library, uh, you know, talking to the librarians. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, one guest I'm really looking forward to, and, I, and, and here's to, to say something about the new book. Um, I have a guest, and I actually, I've written her intro already. And I, in the intro, in fact, I said this on my, my teaser episode of the podcast. I, I called her the most amazing traveler that I've ever met. Oh, wow. Now, for me to say something like that, I, I have to back that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when folks read her feature, they'll see why I said that. And then I'll, I'll of course, ask her about, or when I interview her on the podcast, it will become clear why I said she's the most amazing uh, uh, traveler I ever met. Her her thing is, it, cruising is not first and foremost in her travel, although it plays a big part. So there's two things there. First of all, she travels all over the world. A second aspect of her story is she's a thrill seeker. Mm. So she does things like fly planes upside down. <laughs> and and jump out of planes. Oh yeah, and dr- and drive F one Formula cars at one hundred and fifty miles an hour. Oh my goodness! So that's it's beginning to to it's beginning to become clear why I call her the most amazing traveler I ever met. I mentioned earlier, you know, the books have a couple of uh, Guinness Book of World Records, or it has one Guinness Book of World Record entrant, and he's featured in the new book. The the, the woman I just named, by the way, her brand is called Bucket List Publication. Oh, cool. The the entrant, the new entrant to the Guinness Book of World Records that's going to happen this year is actually her son. Her son is two years old. He just became the youngest person in the world to visit every continent. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So 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 as we speak, they're in Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah, that's like the one that that's the one that is the hardest for people to get. A two year old is in Antarctica. I mean, this this young man has. I, I got a picture in the book of, of him in Dubai. Uh, you know, he's petted what hogs in Africa? In Africa. 
I asked her if she could bring him on the podcast with her, but you know, at two years old, he doesn't say a whole lot. Right. I'd, 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 I'd love to have him because <laughs> we'll, we'll be reading about him in the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. You don't hear about a lot of people who take two-year-olds to, you know, to all all of the continents. So that's, yeah, I, she sounds like kind of an amazing person for yeah, sure. She's got a, she's got a two year old son and I think a daughter's 10 years old. So family <laughs> cruising is another big component. So she's, she's just so versatile, you know, she's just yeah. a, a world traveler, a thrill seeker. And then she's done, you know, family cruises to, if you name the, the, uh, uh the venue, you know, all of the Disney parks, uh, the biggest uh, outdoor uh, winter wonderland park in in Canada. In Canada, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Canada's Wonderland, it's called. Okay. Well, she specializes in taking her children on on all of these kind of family events. So she's wow. been, I mean, you name it, and she's been there. Uh, wow. I didn't know uh, Jacques Cousteau had a place, you know, and and they have nannies for the kids there. She she's going there. I know I'm kind of rambling, but it's just it's just an amazing, amazing uh, 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 travel. Uh, wow. So she's, you know, she's in the new book and she's, she's in the pot on the podcast near around the time that you're on the podcast. Because again, I wanted to focus on the people who are in the new book right at around the time the new book comes out. But the, yeah, I've got some, some interesting, uh, folks in, in the new book and they'll all be on the podcast. One, one, I think that your listeners will find interesting. You know, there's been a, been a vogue trend for the media to write about, uh, people who live on ships. Mm-hmm. You can buy uh, places like condominium units on ships and things like that. Yeah. Or otherwise, you can just, you know, uh, spend your retirement, you know, doing a series of back to back to back to back, you know, <laughs> seven week cruises. I mean, seven day cruises. So I have a uh, one one uh, uh, features called Living on Cruise Ships. And it's about a couple who sold their home. They just cruise. Constantly. Wow. wow. Mostly carnival. 90, 90% of the cruising is on carnival, but but they also they cruise on other lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I mentioned that the that the Mardi Gras cruise we went on. So so when I first uh made contact uh with, with this couple, um I told them I was going on a Mardi Gras. And at the time I thought they did exclusively carnival. So I said, any chance you'll be on that cruise? Mm-hmm. Um and they they were on another carnival cruise at the time. They arranged or what she calls, they call the ship children. So men and women who work on the ship, and they've kind of adopted them. They're on <laughs> there so much. And they made sure that their ship children knew who we were. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, we were treated with, uh, you know, champagne and, and chocolate dipped strawberries. And uh, it, it's, it's just an amazing story. Makes me think back to Brian asked me, uh, did, did anyone, uh, who's the person who got away? There was one person that I tried to get in all three books. and. Some of your listeners might have heard of him. His his name is Mario. He's called Super Mario. Yes. Okay. So he's I think you've that- you've told him uh, us about him before, but he, tell us, yeah, but tell us about what he does. He was a Wall Streeter, and so that means he probably made a whole lot of money. And and at forty five or so, he he walked away from Wall Street, took his first cruise, hasn't stopped cruising since. So he just does a series of Seven day cruises on various, and it's only on uh, 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 Royal Caribbean. So he's done a series of of cruises ever since he did that first cruise. So I tried, to, and I don't know what he did during the pandemic, but uh, 
I tried to get him in all three books. He actually had agreed, and he even signed the the release. And then he changed his mind, and mm. I don't know why. I, I, that's you know that's a mystery I'll never figure out. And so I reached out to him actually this week, th- this past week. I reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know the new book's coming out. I hope you're doing well. I started a new podcast. I'd love to have you on." And uh, you know he responded very very cordial responses, but you know he, he just said, "I still uh, am not willing to do any media." All right. You know, some people are, you know, just more private and that's all right. Right. There's plenty of yep. other interesting stories to tell. I think, you know, there there's going to be a range of of people's, com- you know, comfort with this platform or with being in a book. And and that's OK, because there's plenty of other interesting people to talk to. Huh. And that's another thing I said when I put the description of the podcast, uh, people who have been in the book, but also people who are going to come along in the future. Who would be, and I didn't use these words, but who would be worthy of the book? I mean, who would right. be, you know, good, good fits for the book? You know, I right. mean, you know, I've got a couple of, uh, I've got, I have two, well, one's 14 and one's 15 that I featured mm-hmm. in the new book. They're in a section called Cruising's Young and Restless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll bet you a couple of years, it's just going to be this amazing young person that comes along, uh, you know. That I won't be writing cruise books anymore, but I'll sure have them on my podcast. Maybe Nathan. Maybe Nathan. You never know. He, <laughs> it'll be Nathan Cruises instead of Emma. Sorry, Emma, we're not going to steal your name, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Cruises. Oh my gosh, Nathan Cruises while trying to break the internet. That would be his. Uh, his yeah. Show. Uh, yeah. Well, Paul, so much fun chatting with you, but I think we have reached that point in our show where I need to hand you over to Sam for arbitrary questions, arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment, or the round we call rapid fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Yeah. So Paul, I'm going to ask you about your favorites. Um, you know, obviously we're going to talk general cruising because you're not a Disney cruiser, I, although you have been on a Disney cruise. And I'll never forget it. It was the first yeah. time my, my grandchildren had ever cruised. Um, so that's up there with the cruises I'll never forget. Yes, absolutely. But I, I want to focus um, my questions and your answers to uh, the cruises that you've been on since the restart, because it's been a bit since we've gotten to talk to you on our show about your favorites. So I'd love to know from your recent cruises, meaning cruises since since you began cruising again, post-pandemic or mid-pandemic, however we want to phrase what we're living in right now. <laughs> but I'd love to know, what was your favorite port? It was somewhere in the French Riviera. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the name of the, the port, but you know we we got to we got to go to where's a place where th- there's a place where there's nothing but millionaires who live there. Uh, what's the name of it? Is uh, it Monte Carlo? Monica, Monte yes, Carlo, yes, Monaco. Yes, yeah, yeah. Monaco. Yes, Monaco. Yes. Yeah. So that was a stop on the uh, on the uh, obviously the Mediterranean cruise, and you know just just to see how. Uh, certain people live. I mean, I we saw houses that were built into the rocks, you know, and th- we went past uh, Yves Saint Laurent's house. I don't know if he's even alive anymore, but it's, it was his house. And he had a house and it was built into the rocks. And then down below uh, the rocks was like a beach and then water. And he had sort of like a cable car or elevator that, that went from the house down to the beach. Uh, wow. You know, it was just a chance to fantasize about what it would be like to be that well. So that that was that that was a a, a top uh a port stop. All right. What was a favorite 
dining experience on board really any of the ships because you've got such variety here. Yeah, that, that one's easy because I, I have said it on online probably more times than people want to hear. We went to a, a restaurant on the Celebrity Beyond. So that again was the Mediterranean cruise. And there's a restaurant called Le Voyage, Daniel Balloud. So, you know, if anyone Googles Daniel Balloud, I mean, he's a, he's, you know, a, a Michelin, a top, top, a top world chef. He has restaurants mm-hmm. in Paris, in New York. And this was his first dedicated restaurant on a cruise ship. So he has other, uh, there are other restaurants on celebrity cruises that talk about, you know, uh, uh, menu choices by Daniel Ballard. But this mm-hmm. was an entire uh, specialty restaurant and it's called Le Voyage. And I have said online uh, more times than, than, than once, it's the best meal I ever had in my life. I'm not talking wow. about on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about period. All right. What was a favorite performer you got to see on one of your cruises? Well, that one's, well, I was going to say that one's easy because on the, on the, the smooth jazz cruise, I mean, there were so many legendary performers and, and Grammy winners, but, but, uh, I'm, I'm big on stand up comedy. So I can also point to a couple of stand up comedians, but, but I'll, I'll choose the, uh, the smooth jazz cruise. Wow. There was just so, so many, uh, probably, probably Marcus Miller, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those who like jazz know him and he's he's very versatile. So besides being, you know, probably the the, the premier jazz bassist in the world, you know, uh, I know most of your fans have heard of Luther Vandross. Oh, yeah. But a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, he co-wrote or wrote most of Luther Vandross's songs and was uh, Luther Vandross's music music director. Oh, and wow. you know how big Luther Vandross was. Uh, so I would say Marcus Mella. There were so many on the Smooth Jazz Cruise that, that, that would compete with them. All right. Favorite pool deck. I mean, you, you got to go on a bunch of different ships recently. Who's got the best pool deck? You know, I think once again, you know, it sounds like Celebrity has paid me, but again, <laughs> cele- Celebrity Beyond. Wow. One thing I like about is it, I like is when a pool deck has plenty of seating that's in the shade. Mm-hmm. And so they had, you know, a tiered, uh, you know, a, a tiered pool deck. So I, I would have to say that one because I, you know, I don't like laying in the sun, uh, right. you know, for too long. So nice. The ship that I'm going on to, to Hawaii and Alaska, uh, the NCL spirit. Now that's an older ship. It was built in 98, but it, it had right before the, 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 the uh, lockdown, it had a hundred million dollar refurbishment. So I'm told it's like brand new inside, but they have a very interesting uh, aft pool deck. It looks like it's going to be really neat. And and I was saying how I like where a pool deck has tiered levels, so you can Mm -hmm. you're in the shade. They they go, you know, they have like stadium seating around the pool. Wow! So yeah, wow, that sounds awesome. Sounds similar. Well, sounds similar to the the family pool deck on the the newest Disney ship, The Wish, which has a great tiered pool deck much better than the the other four ships i would say in the fleet all right so that speaking brings of, me speaking of the wish when you're done with your your uh, rapid fire i have i want to ask you guys a question i love it absolutely all right so from these last cruises that you've been on since the restart what has been your favorite ship here it goes again celebrity beyond wow i kind of had a feeling you were gonna say that paul um, all right. Well, what was the favorite itinerary then? Everybody beyond. I mean, that's, <laughs> the, that's the man. I mean, I mean, I mean that's, that's an yeah. easy one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. France, Spain, yeah. you know, it's going to be kind of hard to beat that. Yeah. It's kind of the Caribbean can't really beat the med, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. This 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 Hawaii Alaska one that's going to challenge as far as itinerary is concerned. Absolutely. All right. Well, my last question for rapid fire. We asked this to pretty much all of our guests. Uh, I want to ask you bucket list cruise that you are not currently booked on. So not the Alaska, not your Alaska Hawaii extravaganza, which sounds amazing, but is there another bucket list cruise you don't have booked yet, but it's something you're going to try and book in the next you know, year or two, because it's the, the one that you, you know, you really want to do. Yeah. Yes, there is. So, so, I, you know, as I've said, I love theme cruising and uh, one of the companies that, that I profiled, Starless Alive, they do a soul train cruise. And, oh, fine. Uh, so that's, that's, that's my bucket list cruise. I'm sure it's going to be very similar to the smooth jazz cruise, but it's just going to be all of the R and B and and soul uh, artists that that I've followed over the years, who, who you know who are still able to give shows, and and so I'm, I'm looking forward. We haven't booked anything yet for 24. My wife doesn't know it yet, but that's like number one on the list. <laughs> and you get to hear those magic words, right? Welcome to Soul Train. <laughs> yeah. In fact, yeah. In fact, uh, his son, uh, you know, Don Cornelius uh, is is the person who had that that magical voice. His son is now an employee of Starless Alive. So. Oh, that's so fantastic! I wonder if he has a similar voice. <laughs> I wonder. Yep, I wonder. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that concludes Rapid Fire. You said you had a question for us about the wish. We'd love to answer any questions you have about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know you all had a podcast on this not too long ago, which I have not caught yet. So I'm hearing there's there's a diversion of opinions on on the wish. Why is that? It's funny, Paul, because we actually just did an interview with a former Disney Imagineer that had responsibility for the DCL portfolio at Disney. And uh, I asked him, I said, did you expect the wish to be such a divisive ship? Now, he had not read all the community commentary because he just hasn't been keeping up with it since he left Disney. But yes, I would say the wish has been super divisive for a ton of reasons uh, that uh, Sam can probably tell you about. Yeah. So we've done a couple of shows where we've talked about some of the things that are divisive. Um, and, and actually, we were on a, the DCL Communities YouTube show and talked about the sort of pros and cons of The Wish. So we did a whole video show with our, with the host there, Rebecca, about The Wish. Titled In Defense of The Wish, because for everyone out there right. who's listened to our show for a while, we actually really enjoyed our time on The Wish. Uh, we are headed back out in April for seven nights on board The Wish, and we'll be back in August again. And we are, we are hopefully going to uh, have our opinions validated about it, but uh, I am open to having my mind changed on the uh, the next yeah. sailing around so yeah yeah I, in fact in your feature in the joy of cruising again i have several pictures on the wish and yes you guys look like first of all it looks wonderful to me yes and you guys look like you love it but then i'm hearing these you know comments as it, this is the thing about Disney cruisers, Paul. Disney cruisers and Disney fans in general want everything to be new as long as you don't take anything away from what you previously did. So Disney mm-hmm. cruisers are, or Disney people often are very hesitant to embrace the new um, because they want everything to be the same as it was, right? Mm-hmm. And the wish is very different, even though it's very similar in size to the dream and the fantasy. It's only it's a little bit bigger, but it's mostly to account for um, the type of engine that they have and and type of fuel that they use. Mm-hmm. But the layout of the wish is quite different from the layout of the four previous ships. 
And although the fantasy and the dream are laid out somewhat differently from the magic and the wonder, there's a lot of continuity, a lot of similarity between those four ships and their layout, despite differences in size and whatnot. The Wish has a, a, a much more marked difference in its layout, which some people don't like. They also changed the big thing, I would say, changed the elevator banks. Instead of having three different sets of elevator banks, they now have two. So instead of having forward, mid, and aft, they now have just a forward and an aft, but they brought them both in closer to the middle. So there's you know, some things like that um, mm-hmm. that folks don't like, I think mostly because they're different. There are a couple of valid criticisms I mean, not to say that others aren't valid, but there are some valid criticisms that Brian and I agree with, which is there is a running track on the other ships on deck four, I believe. Promenade deck. It's a promenade it used deck. for running, but it's also used for walking and playing shuffle word and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's on the other four ships, it's a continuous all the way around the ship. On the Disney's newest ship, the Wish, the, that does not exist. There is a promenade deck, but it only goes partway. And then it also has stairs. So you can only actually, it goes up, up two levels actually at the front of the ship. And it mm-hmm. doesn't go all the way around the back. So you what you end up with is a horseshoe shape and two flights of stairs in the middle that you have to go up. And then two really steep flights of stairs. And once you're on the front of the ship while it's moving, the wind, wind. is hefty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's some, you know, that is one thing. And a lot of ships actually don't have a, a promenade that goes all the way around. Um, but they often have their running track up on the top deck. And Disney mm-hmm. has never done it that way. And they don't mm-hmm. didn't do it that way to compensate. So, you know, there are some things that choices. Uh, another one is the placement and the size of the adult only, I'll call it pool deck area. It's mm-hmm. in kind of an out of the way place, which some people like, but it's quite small and cramped. And, um, you know, and there's not a lot of adult only pool space. But it, remember, it's a Disney ship, right? So Disney ships are built for families for the most part, multi generational, of course, um, but young families very more specifically. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there is definitely some, some valid criticisms uh, about choices that Disney made. And not every ship is for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. There is a lot of controversy. But I will say we've met several folks who really exclusively cruise Disney, but are not willing to sail on the Wish because really? yeah, because they just keep hearing how different it is, and they don't like some of these choices. And uh, but I also think part of it is it's a three and four night itinerary, right? Mm-hmm. So not everyone. I mean, we don't love a three or four night itinerary. We want a seven night itinerary. So in order to compensate, we end up doing a back to back. But a back to back is not as good as a seven night, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you get you can do more over the course of a seven night when you don't have to do the disembark and reembark thing. Yeah. So I, I do think there's you know some of the criticism just has to do with that itinerary where you're just doing Nassau and Castaway Key. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get any variety of, of port stops. I assume that's temporary, right? That just the short cruises? Well, well, the the speculation is that the... So we heard several times on the Maiden and the other voyages that the Wish is, quote, purpose built for three and four night cruises. And so oh, okay. the speculation is much like the Dream and the Fantasy. So the Dream came out as the first ship in the Dream class ships. And she did the three and four night sailings. And when the Fantasy came out, 
uh, the dream continued to do the three and four night sailings and the fantasy it was assigned over to the seven night sailings. And so the speculation is the treasure will be the one that comes out and starts doing the seven night sailings from Port Canaveral. We don't know anything for sure, but that's right. kind of the speculation. And what we're hoping to hear on that on that one is that the treasure is purpose-built for seven night sailings because there are some design decisions that Disney seems to have made on the wish, uh, especially around stateroom storage and some other things that are, I think, directly aimed at the thought people are only coming on for three or four nights, so they don't need that many places to store clothing and whatnot, which... Topic for another show. I think that they are forgetting that many families will then couple a three or four night cruise with several nights stay at the parks. Uh, and so they're going to be coming on with more luggage than, you know, a carry on. But um, that's that's kind of some of what we heard. The other, I think, valid criticism is just that. So Disney seems to have taken a lot of larger spaces on the other ships and broken them up into mm. smaller spaces to create more intimate experiences mm-hmm. on board. But the ship still has a lot of people on it. And so if there's a lot of people that want to be in a particular space, say for bingo or some other event, it can feel very crowded and cramped. And then some of the restaurants also feel just it's it's tight. It's very tight. You can mm-hmm. tell the servers are having a tough time getting between tables to serve food. And so, you know, say mm-hmm. what you will about mm-hmm. kind of guests sitting close to one another, but when it starts to impact the cruise ability to actually get their work done, uh, that's kind of a red flag uh, mm-hmm. for me. So we're hoping some of this will be feedback they take into account for the treasure. As Sam said, and as we talked about to the Imagineer about recently, I sort of said, I've, you know, I, I don't hear too many people say, I hate the fantasy or I hate the dream or I hate the older magic class ships. You kind of hear like, well, my favorite is this one. Like the other ones are good, but I like this one the best. The, the wish is mm-hmm. one that people are sort of actively saying, I hate that ship and I'm not going back. So, um, yeah. so, so what's the expected arrival time for the treasure? Sometime in 2024, we know it can't be early 2024 because itineraries have already come out for early 2024. We are expecting itineraries to come out. And as of this show, maybe they've come out already, uh, but we're expecting them to come out any day now uh, with the summer 2024 itineraries. Remember, Disney releases their itineraries way after everybody else in the cruise industry. So, well, they fall. They fell behind throughout the pandemic. They they got onto it. They used to have about two years worth of itineraries going at any given time, maybe eighteen months at specific moments. But they've really mm-hmm. called back to. They're about a year out now, and no more than a year uh, at any given time. And that's uh, created its own kind of interesting set of challenges because you know I can go on to some of the other cruise lines and book cruises in like twenty twenty five at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so mm-hmm. as people are trying to plan their vacations, they're they're sort of looking at Disney going wild. Why is it taking you so long to get itineraries out? Uh, but yeah, right. we're, we're expecting mid to late 2024 for the release of the treasure if we had. To well, guess. I think we have to say fall at the earliest because the summer itineraries are coming out and there has been n- no word from Disney and no hyping of the treasure in the in the releases and the sort of media things they're putting out to hype up the upcoming mm-hmm. summer itineraries. Right. They have not mentioned the treasure. They've mentioned the new port lighthouse point. They've, you know, mentioned the new Pearl status, which is a new loyalty status that they're introducing in Disney Cruise Line, but they have been mum about the treasure. So I I can confidently say I, I would be shocked if we saw anything on the treasure coming out for summer 2024. So that's why I would say fall is the the earliest, but they have mm-hmm. said 2024. So it's got to be coming, you know, it's we got to be hearing more about it by, you know, mid-year or later this year. Mm-hmm. Well, this was helpful. I, I've heard so much 
you know, I haven't been on Disney and it's been about close to 10 years. I suspect that if I went on the wish, I would find it wonderful, but I can yes. see yes. where Disney enthusiasts or Disney Cruise Line enthusiasts may have some issues. Exactly. I think it's actually a perfect ship for new cruisers. I think it's mm-hmm. a great introduction to the Disney brand. And I think if you don't have preconceived notions about what a Disney ship layout should look like, you will thoroughly enjoy the wish. It, mm-hmm. It's also, I think it's best in class for kids. Like the kids club on the wish yes. is far and away the best kids club in the fleet. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it is really great. And I think some of the design choices, like people criticize for some of the design choices. I think they made some really great design choices on this ship as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, opening up the atrium. It's amazing. Having a staircase there that goes up two floors is very nice. The kids club not being in prime real estate on deck four or five, depending I think, on the ship. Uh, you know, now it's on deck two and you access it from deck three with a slide down in there. But like that gives them more space to work with and also takes it out of like prime real estate for other things. So I, I, look, I think they made the, the enclosed Incredizone area that they have now that was outdoor basketball courts on most of the other ships. Like I think they made some really smart design choices and I expect them as they did with the fantasy to continue to refine the design. Will it address everything guests have complained about? No. At the same time, I'm not sure that there is a perfect ship out there. Right? Like mm-hmm. there, there is good ships and great ships. Um, there's probably some bad, you know, older ships that just, you know, pass their prime. I don't think any ship is perfect. And so you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, they've, they've got limited space. They got to balance business decisions with design. It's it's not always going to come out in the favor of uh, of design. Sometimes it's going to come out in the favor mm-hmm. of business. And so I think the more interesting question will become what they do with this global dream ship that they bought, uh, because there they have really departed from the brand that they have. Yeah, so, yeah. Really I, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to what they're going to do. I, yeah. I think they're going to do something amazing, but. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to give Disney the, the benefit of the doubt on that one because I just don't know. <laughs> well, Paul, we should wrap up here and just say thank you so much for coming on. I think we've hit throughout the show all the places folks can find you and we will link those in the show notes. Big fans of the books. Cannot wait to get our hands on the next one and can't wait to continue listening to all the great shows coming on your podcast. So encourage our listeners to use the link we'll put in our show notes to head out and get a copy of Paul's book. We'll also be throwing it up on our Facebook page. And as Paul makes posts about it, we will be amplifying those on our own social media because we just love the book so much. Uh, And also encourage you to head over to your favorite podcast player and look for The Joy of Cruising. It's a great podcast and I've really enjoyed listening so far. So thanks so much, Paul, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you all on my podcast in a few weeks. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. We do have another five-star review to read on the air this week from Apple Podcasts. And this one comes from Chris's review, who writes my go-to podcast for DCL. Brian and Sam have been putting together a top-notch DCL podcast for quite some time now. They keep the discussion positive, light, and even funny at times. The pair work extremely well together, and each podcast, I learn something new. I would highly recommend this podcast for someone looking for new DCL information for your first cruise or 50th. It has been an honor to get to know them lately, and I hope to meet them on the high seas one day. Brian is an absolute wizard cutting up and producing an action-packed and seamless podcast each week. Cheers to many more years and podcasts. Well, thank you for that. We 
really, really appreciate it. Just super thankful for the feedback because uh, it does keep us going from week to week. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. With that, just thanks once again for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show. We really, truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.